Sacred Pause with Jessica Winderl. Hello, yogis. I'm Jessica, your host, and thanks for tuning in to the One Sacred Pause podcast, where we invite radical self-inquiry as we explore topics related to yoga, meditation, and wellness entrepreneurship. So happy you are here listening in. Uh, Our sponsor, the Atman Yoga School, has three teacher trainings left for all of 2020. Uh, Since I'm preparing to go on maternity leave in not too long, all of the trainings we have left are weekend 25-hour courses in restorative yoga and yoga nidra. We have two in Oslo, one in June and one in November, and then we have a training in Bergen in May. So if you want any of the information about that, please check it out on our website at www.atmanyoga.com yogaschool.com. And if you have any questions, send us an email at hello at atmanyogaschool.com. And then we're also really excited to share that very soon, by the end of the summer, we will be releasing our online yoga teacher mentorship program. This is something that we've been working on for quite a while and has a very strong curriculum that we are very proud to put out into the world. So please keep an eye on that if you're interested. And now we turn to this week's episode with Jackie Carr. Hello and welcome to the One Sacred Pause podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Winderl. And today I am absolutely thrilled to have a guest on who is blazing a trail in so many cool ways with goals and coaching and public speaking. So I really want to welcome Jackie Carr. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you today. Yeah, awesome. Me too. Me too. Um, And it's fun because, you know, originally we had set up this conversation (laughs) pre-coronavirus. Yes. And the topic, the general topic that um, had prompted me to reach out to you was really kind of how, how our careers are allowed to and and the excitement of evolving over the years. Um, I'm an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur, and I've kind of watched your career for the last five, six, seven years, um, which I know might sound a little creepy, but I don't, I was (laughs) trying to remember, like kind of even, maybe I had found Mary Beth LaRue, and then you guys were just starting Rock Your Bliss. And then I took a, a workshop with you guys in Aspen at the Wanderlust there. So kind of yeah, 2014, 2015-ish. Um, and I've just, I've been so impressed by the direction that your career has kind of expanded into and in kind of all these different areas. And so that was why I really had wanted to talk to you about how did that happen and, and your thoughts on the process for both yourself and anyone else. Yeah. But then now, and we'll, we can come back to that, but then now with, with everything that has completely changed with the coronavirus and now everything is being forced to be online and digital and and how that could perhaps now maybe even change your opinion about how our careers are evolving as entrepreneurs so what are your thoughts yeah you know I learned a long time ago from my own teacher that change is our only constant and I think I fought that for a long time I wanted to find 
the equation or the perfect space where I could offer or be myself. And right when you find it, something will change, whether it's outside of you, inside of you, and the ability to understand and have the awareness and even appreciate that change is a coming at all times allows us to be human. I think for a long time, and I still revert back to this way, I try to control, control the outcome, control the numbers, control uh, a virus, <laughs> and it's impossible. And so the ability to understand that you're going to be placed into situations, circumstances, and experiences, and your mindset open to receiving, open to the change, open to learning something new about yourself or the computer or Zoom or Skype or the world is where we get to be on purpose. And so while my career has looked very different over the past six years, it's because I look very different than who I was six years ago, than who I was four years ago, than who I was two years ago. I change immensely. And I am one to trial and error and fail often to find what lights me up at this age, at this moment, in this period of life. I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a daughter, a sister, and a best friend. And how do I want to show up in those domains along with my career? Mm. Yeah, well, because you started out mostly in the goal coaching space, correct? Like that was kind of your main area of, of influence. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then how goals was my jam to start. Yeah. And then how did you slowly start getting for lack of a better word, I guess, um, uh, these legs into these other areas with you're leading these amazing goal hikes and you have a bo- your book club and then and then your new program or your newest I believe is goal speak yeah I know all still rooted in goals which is nice I have a, a thread that keeps us together and yet honestly you know what one of my favorite quotes is Jess is that Howard Thurman quote it says don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is people who've come alive. Mm. And a- I remember reading that. Yeah, it's a good one, right? It's so good. <laughs> and I remember reading that because I definitely grew up as a people pleaser. So I definitely was in the domain of ask what the world needs and go do that. That's where you'll make money. That's where you'll be validated. That's where you'll please others. That's where you'll be most appreciated. And I found for a while that didn't always serve me. And finding what did light me up, um, rebelling against certain social ideals or my parents at one point and continuing to listen to what I felt and knew was true was a big aha for me. And I haven't stopped doing that. And I think what makes me come alive, as I shared earlier, can change often. Uh, What made me come alive in my 20s looks very different than what makes me come alive in my 30s, especially in my other half of my 30s as a parent with little sleep. What makes me come alive looks real different (laughs) than what it did before. And 
I love that ability to be adaptable and flexible, the ability to be in choice. And so for me, the legs came from trying new things. I really love public speaking. I always have. And yet I started to see that I wanted it to be something that I did more often. Two years, no, no, three years ago, I set a goal to speak once a month. Anywhere anybody would have me speak, I set a goal. So I would speak 12 times on a stage. And it was awesome, that goal. So I spoke for free. I spoke paid. I spoke um, large stages, smaller stages, wherever they may be. And I remember I didn't have a speaking gig for December. December can get a little tricky. And I put on my Instagram, like, I have a goal to speak every month. Does anybody need a speaker? And it was so cool. Three people reached out and were like, we do. We'll fly you to LA. Come up to Idaho. It was so cool (laughs) to be in the practice of sharing my goal. Of course, my next goal the following year was that I would have 12 paid speaking gigs. I started to realize that I have gifts to offer in this realm, and this could be a part of my career. And then it spawned from there. I now lead public speaker trainings, and I speak on stages as, like you said, a leg of my business. And I think at the end of the day, I asked what I liked. I like reading books. I like reading self-help books specifically. And I usually come across some really cool quotes and I need to talk to someone about them. So of course I started a book club (laughs) and then I like hiking. I don't want people to hike with me every day because that's my sacred pause. That's my sacred space. But once a month, I'd love to have someone out or a group of people out to hike with me and talk goals on a mountain. So it really spawned from coming alive and finding what that is for me and sharing it. Mm. I love that. And two things really stick out to me. The first one is probably one of my very favorite topics ever to talk about, which is is rooted in yoga philosophy, but is, of course, applicable anytime, anywhere. And that's the idea of dharma. And when you do find your soul's purpose or your highest calling, there's almost, almost an ease that comes into the next thing or the next chapter of your life. And so that really sticks out to me. It's like, oh, well, it's, it's so obvious that the reason you're having success in your career and, and continuing to evolve your career in whatever way that looks like is because you're doing what you should be doing and you're in alignment with that. And then the second thing that sticks out to me is, and I think this is such an important lesson and takeaway from anybody listen or for anybody listening is you didn't try to do all these things at once like you you, no. you <laughs> there was some staging involved and i think um i know certainly for myself for a lot of the women i see in my work um in yoga teacher training and mentoring Uh, we get fired up and we get so excited about our vision and our ideas that sometimes we take on too much too fast. And and then, and then, and then we're, we're spread too thin and we don't accomplish anything. So I think that's such a cool um, example that you've kind of created your career. Almost like, I, I don't know if it was strategic, I guess that would be a question for you, but it sounds like maybe it just as it came, you took it. But what do you think about this idea of not 
rushing too quickly when you're new yeah. new to a, a career or a solopreneur or you have an idea yeah. and a vision. Yeah. You know, I have to tell you, some of the things I'm doing, I've tried before and failed. I think a cool story to share, I lead goals hikes here in Colorado. Once a month, we get together on a mountain, right now a virtual mountain, and we hike together and we talk about goals. I'll have a guest speaker or a new topic that I want to learn about. And I want you to know these hikes fill up in four minutes. They're always free. <laughs> And my longest wait list has been 72 people, which is insane to me. And it's insane to me because I launched these goals hikes in California and no one came. Mm. I launched these hikes in Temescal Canyon. I posted them a couple weekends in a row to see if anybody wanted to join me. And one person came the next time two people came and those two people didn't even live in California. They were <laughs> visiting. and. I share that because sometimes you set goals and you're on the wrong mountain. The Sierras didn't serve me, but the Rockies sure do. And so I tried again. I was nervous. Oh, I was so nervous about rejection. Woo, I was nervous. And yet it was so cool. People showed up and they keep showing up. And it's not a leg of my business that is lucrative, as some people might say. Well, Jackie, why don't you charge for those? Look at your wait list. Well, my intention of the goals hikes was to get people in nature to get people on the mountain and to give them um, a reason to build and expand themselves into a new community outdoors. I never want a dollar sign to stop someone from these hikes. And so they will always be free. And I've had companies or private goals hikes. Sure, you can, you can add one onto your list and pay for those, but my public offering will always be free. And what I know is that those goals hikes, someone's introduced me to another person who I now speak for on a stage. Someone has hired me or joined one of my masterminds from those goals hikes. So I think it's really interesting when we start and we have these beautiful ideas, like you said, Jess, these things we want to offer the world. 82 items. Look at all these things I want to offer. And you put them in goal form or you try to do them all at once. Here's the deal. I made up a new word. I call it goal overwhelm. <laughs> it's when your goals list is overwhelming. You have goal overwhelm. And the beauty of this is understanding that you can't do it all at once and nor does your audience want you to do it all at once. Think about first who you're creating for. We have to know who we're talking to. We have to know who we're creating for. A younger version of ourselves, perhaps a a muse we've created to speak potently to, and then get clear on, do they want six offerings from you today in times of coronavirus when their children might be at home and they can really only handle one thing a month? How can you honor who you're creating for? And also think about burnout. When mm -hmm. I offer too many things at once, I burn. The candle at both ends, I burn myself. And I find that one of the greatest hacks that I lead, it's the level two of my light year training I lead, it's called the cycles of success. And cycle one is knowing who you're creating for and why. Cycle two is a beautiful brainstorm session where you have all these ideas written. And then cycle three is choosing the ideas that are most impactful to you and your audience now. 
not doing them all at once. Because if you don't go through the impact of choosing one, two, three, six items to move forward with, you haven't analyzed, do I have the resources? Do I have the time? Do my people have the time? Um, What will this be available for? Who will it be available for? How long? Going through the impact of the decisions you're making is a power move before you write down the goal you want to bring to the world. And so I love making lists. Ooh, I got my to-do list right here. I've got an idea list on the wall. And this gives us choice and possibility once we're clear on which ones will be the most powerful today. Oh, amazing. And I mean, with burnout, God, it's so, so real. And I, as I'm hearing you talk about these different steps or stages in the light year training um, and and how thoughtful they are in terms of, of the order that they're in. Um, I think something too that isn't talked about as often perhaps in in the millennial entrepreneurial space is that first of all, failure is <laughs> everywhere. And second of all, that sometimes the most powerful decision or choice is actually rather than pushing forward, rather than leaning in, rather than continuing the hustle, is actually to back off and reevaluate and perhaps even scrap the idea or table the idea for another time. I I see so many people, especially in the yoga and wellness space, that are grinding and they don't seem to get any traction in their career. And then they're they're frustrated and they're not making money and, and then that that adds a whole nother layer of, of fear and scarcity. And it just, the cycle perpetuates, perpetuates, perpetuates. And I'm a huge proponent of <laughs> whew, taking a break, taking a breath. I mean, sacred pause. That's one of my very favorite ideals. In your coaching business, do you see that reflected also? Or do you think a lot of the people that you work with or that you, you come into contact with have a deeper awareness and appreciation. And I would even say relationship with risk because it can be so scary to say, oh, actually this isn't working. I'm going to back off. Yeah. The deal is, and I'm speaking from my own experience, I've been taught that the hustle is what makes you. I'd been taught, Jess, that the grind is what's necessary for the worth to be worth it excuse me, the work to be worth it and the worth to work it. They work (laughs) both ways, to be honest. That's what I was, that's how I saw. And I think that's what our society does perpetuate. You know, if it's not hard, you know, are you really showing up as much as you can? Which was confusing for me. I would add jobs. I would do things, uh, you know, triple time. I would add things that didn't need to be added just because of the belief that like, well, if you're not grinding, you're not living. That's a belief. And so that's where we have to start is actually getting clear on the belief system we're operating within. Some of my old beliefs are money is hard, girl, you better work harder. That's a belief that I had on repeat almost my entire decade of my 20s. Another belief I can go back to like as a woman, body image beliefs. You can't wear that. You can't do that. Don't show that. I had so many critics in my own brain from what I'd read in teen magazine. These beliefs create our energy. And so that's where I start a lot with clients is the beliefs that we choose to then stand 
solid to take a risk, to stand solid, to pause and to rest. I'm not good at resting. I will be honest. I have a rest coach, Jess. I hired a rest coach to help me rest. I've done a rest challenge. The things to help unravel my ways of being. And this place to check in, or as we like a rhyme, check yourself before you wreck yourself. If you're not checking in, you're not listening to what your audience needs. I'm going to challenge Howard Thurman. I've never done this, but get ready, Howard. (laughs) So I shared with you his quote, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is people who've come alive. However, however. I like the idea of an and versus an or. What if we drew, you know, two concentric circles side by side and they overlap in the middle? And on the left-hand side is what does the world need? And you fill in the bubble. And on the right-hand side is what makes you come alive and you fill in the bubble. And as we're in such an interesting time with coronavirus, perhaps what was available in the old normal isn't available now. You can create from where those concentric circles meet right there in the sweet spot. The world needs this. And what makes me come alive is this. So I will try this today. And this is where we realign and listen to the world and listen to ourselves and offer from a place of purpose and potency. So you can answer the question, what the world needs, what your audience needs, and start to intersect and integrate your offering. So it has a, a potency and a, and, a, and a powerful space to give. And if you're looking at this list or you're, you're looking at burnout and overwhelm, that's the pause. The pause is checking in. Does this still make me come to life? Do I still like this? What else could I do? And the check-in of listening to the world. I feel like if you live in a bubble, you're missing it. You're missing the vibrancy of life. So I like the check-in, what the world needs and what makes you come alive. Go there. Mm. Oh, you're, you are speaking to my heart, Jackie. It's, I am such a huge fan and proponent and advocate for slowing down and stillness and, and the inquiry work, both spiritually and professionally. And, um, it brought to mind, I don't know, but I'm sure you've seen this meme floating around the last <clears throat> month or so on social media. And it says something like, um, if you're not using this time to learn a new skill or learn a new language or start that business you already always talked about, it's not because you don't have enough time. It's because you're lazy. And and it's really, you know, this in the last month since everything kind of came to a screeching halt, um, there's like this frenzy, I think, or pressure to be super productive and to start, you know, launching your online business and doing this and doing that and this and that. And then there's a new version of the meme that's floating around and it it had crossed out some of the things. uh, And it said, like, if you're not using this time to learn a new skill or learn a language or launch your online business, then, and here's where they crossed it out. It says something to the effect of you've suffered a, a, a global communal trauma and you're taking time to rest and process and reevaluate. And I love the second meme because I think, oh my God, we get in these oh, patterns and we get in, we're so influenced by the shoulds. 
and really giving ourselves permission and in fact, influencing people around us, like our loved ones, our families and our friends to also take a pause, to also take a step back and be like, hey, does this still serve me? Does this still light me up? Is this really the path that I want to be on? And I feel like I'm going to use an analogy really quickly too. (laughs) I feel like it's the difference between, in the yoga community, it's the difference between the allure of going to a power vinyasa class versus the quiet attraction of a yin or restorative practice. You can have a packed power vinyasa class and then you might not have as many people in a yin or restore and they're like, oh, well, I know I should do that. I know it's good for me. And yet somehow it doesn't quite make the cutoff for for time prioritization. And I feel like that's kind of an analogy that could be applied to what's happening like right now, April 2020, where there's still this underlying current of like, what are you doing with this time? Are you being productive? And really maybe what our hearts need is like, hey, take a breath, sit down, take a walk in nature, have a glass of water, relax. And yeah, I just, I think there's, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to observe where these patterns are coming from externally and internally. Yeah. I'm very triggered by the word lazy. Like Mm. if I saw that meme, I'd freak out. I was too. Yeah, it doesn't work well for me. I can't say I like that meme, to be honest. I think it's judgmental. I didn't like it at all. (laughs) Well, I know I can tell. And I say that because I start judging myself. Like, (laughs) I'm like, oh, no. And I will say, um, I haven't learned something new. I haven't created something crazy new. And I have two small children at home. I'm reevaluating my priorities and I'm really upgrading my communication with my partner. And if that's what I walk out of this with, I am a winning. And I think sometimes in our society, as we've talked earlier, the validation is real. What are you creating? How much money are you making? Go, go, go. And yet, are you happy? I mean, are you happy? And I think that's what I've been asking myself. I was pretty burnt this year you know, quarantine started and, Ooh, I realized I was pretty burnt and that's cool because I don't think I had paused to really check in on how would I make change happen? I was in the grind and I like everything that I do, Jess. I'm not in a grind where I don't like my job. I love my job and you can still grind when you love it because you can do too much. You can say yes too many times or you can be excited. And I'm, I'm stoked to slow down. I don't like this quarantine thing. I'm an extra extrovert, like extra, extra. And it's hard for me not to be around people. I love the silver linings and what I'm learning, but I still want the world to hear me that I don't like it. And I will do what I can to reevaluate how I'm treating the earth, how I'm treating other humans, how I'm treating my family, how I'm treating myself. And that is the work I'm up to. And a lot of people won't see that work on my Instagram or in my offerings right now. But you know when they'll see it? In my next offerings that I create because I changed, because I evolved, because I pivoted once again. And I think sometimes we get in this space where we're not allowed to change. 
well, everything's going well. You can't change. I disagree. I disagree. If you're lit up by something new, if you want to be a chef now, great. Change it up. Or else you're going to be stagnant, bored, and those memes are going to rock you to the core. And you're going to do more of what you've been doing versus doing less and offering more to yourself by doing something that makes you come alive. And that's the work I keep reminding myself to be in. I do compare Jess, though. I'll see someone post a cool thing or offer something cool, and I'll be like, damn, I should be doing more. And then I'll check in. I don't have time for more. Good to know. And I'm back. I'm back to myself. Hmm. Oh, I absolutely can relate to that too. I um I've actually been really fortunate and I I acknowledge some privilege in this and the fact that during this quarantine lockdown shutdown time, uh you know, I'm here outside of Oslo, Norway and I live in the countryside with my husband and our two huskies and you would appreciate our hiking trails are right out the front door here. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty idyllic and there's, it's, it's very quiet, which is why we live here. Um, and then we go into the city for work and I travel a lot for my work. So there's a lot of hustle and bustle generally in our life. And, um, my husband's been temporarily furloughed. Like he has his job, but he just isn't working right now. And so, um, our first child is due in like two and a half months. And so for us, this is actually like our super sweet baby moon, where we just get to wake up with the sun, have our coffee outside, relax, walk the dogs. And I too get in kind of a little bit of that comparison or or I'll see one thing on social media where I'm like, crap, that person's doing something so cool. And I have that quick little, it's, it's like a flash, you know, of like hotness over my body. Like, oh, I'm missing out. I'm not doing something. I'm falling behind. That's, that's one of my beliefs that is erroneous that comes up um, when I compare my career to other people's career. And, and I'm like, oh, well, I have all this time and, and this is great. I can get caught up. I can, you know, get ready for some projects that I've been working on for over a year. And, yeah. and then I'm like, wow, wait a minute. But I'm actually so content and happy to have this time where I'm baking. And I'm, I'm sitting and I'm not really doing that much work wise. And I've had to, I've had to reschedule some of my teacher trainings, a few of them have moved online. And then I've had to cancel a few teacher trainings. And, and it's fine. But really, I'm like, so secret, like, deep down, secretly, loving this time. And then I'm like, well, why am I ashamed to say that I love doing nothing right now? And I'm actually not really focusing on my career. I mean, I know things are going to get started again, the world is going to open up, and then it's going to be kind of a a free-for-all, I think, in some ways. And so I'm like, Jessica, just take this time right now to be with your family. Like, my husband and I, and I don't know how it is with you and your husband, but we have never, we've been together eight years, married six, never had this amount of time together in our entire relationship. And it's like, oh, wow. This is amazing. When our child is born and five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we're always going to have this time to look back and be like, oh, that was awesome. And I'm probably not going to be so worried about 
taking two months off of work <laughs> and not being like, oh, I wasn't hustling out those projects or, you know, posting on social media three times a week, you know, whatever the algorithm says this week. So it's, <laughs> it, yeah, just interesting how we can ping pong between I'm doing too little, I'm doing too much. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It goes back to your belief of like, oh, shit, I'm behind. And oh, my gosh, how beautiful to... <laughs> always know that hindsight's 2020. And this is why I lead a lot of vision work. We as humans can get caught up in the details and the doing. And that's beautiful. We have to be doing things. I'll be so bored if I'm not doing stuff. I, I love being on purpose. I'm a three. I love achieving. And if we don't vision and spawn out a bit, this is why I hike too, by the way, Jess, I have to get to the top of the mountain to see the view. <laughs> I'll get stuck in the trees and then I'll get up there and be like, oh yeah, this is up here. <laughs> and so I do that in my own mind. This is a pause as well. Go to the future one year out. Some of you might need to go one month out. You might need to be, dream about phase one of reopening. You might need to dream about a year in the future where you've launched your business and you began and it, you failed a couple times, but you succeeded a few more times and what it feels like to be there. Because you can go there. You can go see hindsight faster. I go to my future and I meet that woman. Oh my gosh. My future self, she's super chill somehow. <laughs> I can't wait to meet how she got there. She may be doing a lot of yin. She's in these cool baggy jeans and this you know, white tee, tussled hair. I think she brought back like the 80s banana clip or something. And I ask her questions. I say to my wise future self, because y'all, we get wiser. Maya Angelou says it, right? Like we do what we can until we know better and then we do better. And my wise future self does better. So why not ask her questions? I say to her, how did you get here? How are you so chill? What are those genes? I like asking <laughs> those questions. And she, she often says the same thing. It's not that she's, you know, schooling me in a course, Jess. She's saying, you know, Jackie, you've got to slow down, honey. You got to slow down or you're going to miss it. You're going to miss this. And she shows me the future, the life, right? I take the tour. And what I love is that she's been saying that for years. And I'll find pockets of slowing down. Like, you know, this quarantine is a slowdown. And the way we are reacting to it, I don't like it. It's because it's uncomfortable for me. It's exactly what I need, but it's not what I want. And I love when those moments collide and allow me to learn, learn, learn so that I can do better because I knew that I now know better. Mm -hmm. What do you, this is kind of a little bit different topic, but not really. I know I've been seeing, speaking of social media, I have seen on social media that you are building your new office slash she shed, um, which is, I mean, what an amazing goal. And, and to see that come to fruition, so I'm, cool. I'm sure is just, you know, mind blowing and heart expanding. What, as, as it's being built and as you're seeing it, like really come together and, and you have the tangible evidence of this goal, do you feel like the, the stirrings, and I'm sure you do, but I, I'm so, I want to hear what your answer is. Like, 
Are you feeling the stirrings of the next evolution of your career or, or the next project? And, you know, we just talked about like, oh, okay, well, we're, don't be too productive. Don't, you know, be careful with the balance of energy. But that being said, I think with a lot of really creative people who are in alignment with their purpose and their truth, there's always something. And oftentimes more than one something percolating at the back of the mind of like, ooh, that'd be cool. Ooh, that'd be cool. And, and you were talking about your ideas list. Do you have like a, an idea that's kind of coming up to the forefront more than maybe some others? I definitely think it's a great time to check in on like all the things you've brought to fruition. Do I still like these? Do these serve me? Do these make me happy? And then on the list too is like things perhaps you haven't created. You know, I still have one-on-one coaching and public speaking on my ideas list. It's still there because I love doing those things. I think a lot of people will scale, scale, scale. And so will I. I'm building an online school and that will happen. And yet one-on-one coaching is where I listen to my people, to my audience, to the world, to to listen to what I know what needs to be created next. So that will always be on my list. It lights me up. And yet on here are definitely things that are dissolving. On here are things that are pivoting. And you're right. There are things on here that I've never done before. I haven't written a book yet. I have not hosted an entrepreneurial brunch or launched a leadership summit. And so the three of those are definitely percolating. It feels close to those three to start to get some legs. They don't have them yet, but those would be the three ideas that I have on my list that aren't in action yet, but I feel in my body. And what do you think as you're doing this kind of check-in right now, what do you think when you look back on your career so far? Like, what are your your honest, true thoughts, your inner voice when you're like, wow, are, are you, well, I'll just let you answer. <laughs> Without projecting. When I look back on my career, I, I see a lot of what you've seen, a lot of change. I've been very human in those changes, which I'm really proud of. I I work to storytell and share uh, from a place of honesty. And of course, there's parts of me that wish I would have written my book already. Or there's parts of me that um, perhaps wish I would have done more, perhaps to support my teacher with her trainings. But I don't feel any regret. Those are all nods to what I could continue to do in the future. I can still support my teacher. I can still write a book. And so when I look back, um, I feel, I look back at my whole life and my career has supported that. You know, my husband retired from teaching last year to support my career. And now he is building hand and wood my she shed in the back through his creative design. And so much of it is interconnected. And I really know what I'm most proud of is how I continue to check in 
at how I'm showing up for my family. And when I do that first, my career takes off because that's what's most important to me anyways. And so that's like the expansion of my family. I'm so excited for you, Jess. I have two small children, two daughters. It's crazy. (laughs) Um, The expansion, Chris and I have been together 10 years. Our five-year anniversary is in June and we've changed so much. This quarantine has been really interesting for us too. And I think it's beautiful. Uh, I honestly would say like, I don't use the word building of my career. I almost see my life in the past seven years. And you were there somewhat at the beginning. I've seen myself do a lot and then unravel to what I actually want to be doing. And so my career has been a really gorgeous unraveling of things I thought I should do, of people I thought I should be, and I continue to work to get to that raw, bare bones of who I am. And that feels really, really wonderful. Mm. And I, I, speaking for myself, I know when I look back on kind of the evolution of of my career and some days I give myself this huge pat on the back and I'm like, Oh my God, I have actually accomplished quite a lot. And then other days it's, you know, a little bit of the, this comes from so much of the external, even though I've done a lot of work around maintaining my inner confidence so that I'm not so swayed by the opinions of people who honestly don't really matter. Um, but some days I do find myself like, oh my God, I'm, like I said before, falling behind or I'm not, I haven't done X, Y, and Z, which are on my career type bucket list and and the next evolution of the things that I want to accomplish. And, and I'm actually working now on a, on a very large project and it's, it's a five-year goal and it's literally not going to happen for five years. And yet I talk about it with my husband all the time. I'm working on it all the time, completely separate, something totally new from what I do currently. And I find that there's just like this, this spark or current of energy when we are inspired that can keep us going even when perhaps there's resistance or there's a challenge or things don't work out the way we want them to. And certainly that's been my experience in the past as my career has kind of ebbed and flowed and navigated into what it has become today. Like I never could have guessed that I would have the largest vinyasa school in Norway and now I'm expanding into other countries in Scandinavia. I never would have imagined I'd live in Scandinavia. (laughs) Like that was a bit of a shock when that all unfolded. Um, But then on the other hand, I'm like, oh, well, of course, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. This is exactly the work I'm meant to be doing. And, and so it's just like this, this crazy, and this is why I love the art of inquiry so much is because it takes so much time and this constant checking back in and evaluating, okay, well, what am I feeling? And is this what I want to be doing? Like our whole conversation has been about. And so I do love though, that inspiration can really come from, I think two places. Well, I mean, of course, way more than two places, but I think a lot of times for people who are successful, it comes from two main places. One is, is this internal 
spring of source where it's just a shot of inspiration that comes from somewhere divine. And then also, and this is a big part of your work and my work, inspiration that comes through community. When we are able to, you know, I love the idea of collaboration over competition because naturally I think so many of us want to default to the negative where we start getting in that that mind space of like, oh, I'm like I've said, I'm falling behind, I'm not far enough, she's doing more than I am, rather than being like, whoa, that is so cool. That's kind of inspiring yeah. me to go out and, and do something. And so it's it's the intention of how we put action into our intention. What are your thoughts on inspiration and where, where does it come from for you? Mm. I just had a call this morning with a community I've created in my mastermind groups and we have coffee every Monday morning at nine and I was sharing with them, there's a choice in life. You can either live as a circumstance or live life as a gift. And my teacher, I was in you know, the depths of my early 20s. She wrote on a postcard, what am I open to receiving today? And I was to tape it on my bathroom mirror. And I did. I still have it. It has traveled with me from LA to Chicago, back to LA, to Denver, to Evergreen in the woods where I live now. And receiving is the openness to inspiration coming in all forms. Inspiration from nature, the trees, inspiration from the self, inspiration from my two-year-old daughter. God, wait till your kids start to teach you. It is mind-blowing. You're like, wait, I'm supposed to have all the answers. And no, I don't. And inspiration from my partner, inspiration from the community. I think when you start your day, or start this next hour open to receiving, you no longer are in a place where you have blinders on or where you block answers because you think you already have them. You're open to whoever it is, the next iteration of yourself, someone that walks into your life at a coffee shop randomly, someone who emails you or reaches out. This is the openness to being in the flow, being in collaboration with the world, not just people. I'm talking like the energy of the world. And so I love that we can be inspired at any time if we're willing to ask that question and go on that quest, which is within the word question. And so being open to receiving and then sitting back and literally receiving, don't force it, allowing. And that's been that will be my forever journey. I love having the answers. I love having a to-do list to start the day. I love talking fast and I love making money and I love providing for my family and I love being outdoors in nature. <laughs> and yet there are things in life I love that I don't know yet. And I'm open to figuring those out. I'm open to learning more about inclusivity, diversity, my own privilege. I'm open to receiving collaboration when I know I can do it by myself but man, it always feels good to do it together. And that's another unraveling for me. So I would say inspiration can literally come from something sitting on your desk. As soon as you move something, you'll see it and it's there. That's creepy crazy and amazing. It's, you're never short on it, even if stuck at home in quarantine. Mm, so true. And it's the idea of keeping your eyes open and keeping your heart open. 
which are the ways in which we can receive whatever it is that's going to come forth or come through. And oh, it's such a good reminder to be like, okay, stay open. And not and just like you said, not forcing it, not being like, okay, must stay open. Like <laughs> I'm thinking of this person with shifty eyeballs, like, okay, staying alert, staying alert, staying alert. It's like, no, 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 no. It's it's more energetic, it's more subtle. Oh. I have kind of one last question for you before we wrap up here. And, you know, so often, especially when we're talking about business and work and and being an entrepreneur, so many times people want to hear about the biggest setback or the biggest failure or the biggest no that you've ever received. I want to know what your biggest yes in your professional life has been, where you were just like, oh my God, I can't believe that just happened. That was awesome. Oh man. My biggest yes as of recent would be, I I spoke for UC Health the past two years in a row and two things, that experience and that stage, um, it did tip me into the next evolution of myself. I became someone different after I said yes to that opportunity. And here's why. One, the women in my community sent my info in to the founders of the event. They didn't know who I was, but my community, my women stood for me and said, you have to have her speak. That was a big deal for me. That was a big deal for someone who grew up scared of women, blocking women, to now have women vouching for me and starting to create tips into my career evolution, not doing it by myself. I'm so grateful for my friends, Jillian and Natalie, for putting my name forward. And then the woman who I worked with, Heather, you know, she created an opportunity for me to co-create a journal. Speaking of being a published author, I authored the journal we gave to everyone both years. And I spoke on a really large stage with microphones and videos. And I um, stood for my worth and asked for money to speak more than I'd ever made in an hour. And there were so many unravelings of old beliefs. You can't make that much money. Women don't like you. You can't speak on that stage. And that yes created a lot of no's in O to old beliefs that weren't serving me anymore. No, I don't believe you that women don't like me. No, I don't believe you that I'm not worth that amount of money. No, I don't believe you that I can't wear whatever I want on this stage. I will not wear a pantsuit. (laughs) And I didn't. And I became a vision that I saw of myself speaking on that yes. And so it was a big day. And I'm still so grateful for all the ways that came to life. I want you to know it didn't come from having the perfect speaker reel or an agent or a menu of services available that look beautiful. It came from grassroots doing what you love and Dharma. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. It, it gives me goosebumps. It's like, yes, yes, yes. It's so awesome. I, oh, and seeing other women <laughs> and other women kind of in our demographic and our age group. And it's like, Yeah. It's the new, I've used this word in a different context, but it's it's the new 
evolution of how we as women can do business and how we can show up and how we can be the change and how we can be the example. And it doesn't have to be the way it was before. And I think that's kind of (laughs) ground shaking in some ways to be like, oh, oh my God, we can choose, we can create. And then when you talk about doing it in community and doing it together, it's like, oh, okay, this is something big. And that's so awesome that other women put you forward. And then it, it, it just changed the trajectory, I imagine, in some ways, certainly personally, as you've described, but also for your career. Mm-hmm. It definitely all of the above. Yes. Um, I think a cool question too, Jess is like, and that's why I shared the no piece is like, what's a big no in your career that helped? Because oftentimes I'm saying yes a lot. And I've realized in the past year that my no is essential to know K and O W to know what my yes is. And so I've had opportunities this year that I had to say no to, whether it was timing too close to another event and I want to be with my children or not enough money because I'm really working on my worth as a woman on a stage, which is like, you know, a say or excuse me, upstream. So that's been big too, in regards to saying yes and no to design your life, your days, your career. Mm. Right. But there's, there is a big difference though, between the no coming from you and your choice and the no coming from somebody else. (laughs) You're like, wait a minute, but I did want that. And I didn't, didn't have that opportunity, but. Oh God. Yeah. I applied to speak on Ted rejection. I replied, replied to speak at this conference this year, rejection. It's quite fun. You still get to put yourself out there and the nose will come from all directions. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. And you just got to keep rolling. Right, right. Oh, well, Jackie, thank you so much for spending the time chatting with me. And it's just such a pleasure and super inspiring. And I just really, I appreciate it. So thank you. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm honored to be interviewed. I really am grateful that you made the space for my voice. It feels so human to connect this way and hear and though you know, we saw each other on Skype for a moment in video. That's why we're here to be in this work, in this world together, offering our unique gifts. And I am grateful you let me offer mine. It feels very, very, very validating. (laughs) Hmm. Awesome. Well, enjoy the rest of your day and your week. And yeah, I just, I can't wait to see what you're up to next, whenever that comes. (laughs) No, Same for you. I wish you like so many healthy, happy vibes as you grow an elbow or a nostril today. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm going to go roll myself down these stairs and go see what my (laughs) husband's up to. (laughs) All right. Bye, Jackie. Thank you, Jessica. Have a great one. Yeah. Bye-bye.